This is Matt Connickson. I'm the sales agronomist with CHX Ag Services in Oakley, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning. Farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan on this uh, November the 10th. We'll also hear reports from Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor as well. USDA increased corn production domestic extending stocks yesterday in the supply and demand report, raising the yield to 174.9 bushels per acre, which was more than what the trade was expecting. And also has ending stocks climbing 45 million bushels to 2.2 billion bushels. Season average corn farm price lowered 10 cents, 4.85 a bushel. Soybean outlook uh, production forecast at 4.13 billion bushels, up 25 million on a higher yield. Soybean yield was increased to 49.9 bushels per acre, way above what the trade was expecting. Soybean average price left unchanged, however, $12.90 a bushel. And uh, USDA did bump weed ending stocks some. Uh, they raised supplies by 10 million bushels to 145 million. Uh, season average farm price for wheat lowered 10 cents a bushel at $7.20 per bushel. Total Farm Marketing Market Advisor John Heinberg says the carryout was above expectations, which caused a negative reaction to in the market. So with that, we've broken to a new a new low on the December corn here for the fall. We are still trading negative, but at least holding that area as of now. And so it means three-tenths of a yield adjustment to the higher side. So again, maybe that was a little bit disappointing. The market thought it would be, at least would hold steady in that regard. Uh, but no changes on the demand side of the equation, so just going to hold status quo there. So because of that increased yield, we saw carryout move up to 245 million bushels. About 24 million bushels of what the market was anticipating, 25 million above last month. So we're seeing some price pressure with bean futures. So we'll have to see how the close comes out on those two sets of numbers. The money farm owner, Allison Thompson, said technical action in the corn market is supportive, however, following yesterday's supply-demand report. And soybeans could be said for the same thing. I know we did get a slight yield bump there and an increase to ending stocks, but that's a game that they've continued to play with the USDA is adjusting that demand or, like they did today, not adjusting demand um, to make it fit their needs and keep uh, ending stocks above that 220 um, million bushels. So we saw it here again today. It did make us close, probably close to 20 cents lower. But we honestly held the 100-day moving average at 13.44. So I mean, technicals also a bit friendly. I didn't get, you know, a true signal that we could see markets go a lot lower. We did hit support around that 13.36 area. So on the January contract, I hope the bulls show up and we can um, continue getting up from here. But it's always kind of good to see us close off the lows, especially on big reports like this. Um, it just shows you that there is some buying interest here. Too. And actually, wheat had probably the dullest report of everything today, and Minneapolis held up very well as um, there, too. Um, down two, three cents is about all we managed for the day, holding support at 727. I continue actually to see a buy signal in the spring wheat. Kimball, Minnesota Cattlemen, past National Cattlemen's Beef Association President Don Schiefelbein, received Minnesota Agri-Growth Council's Distinguished Service Award. Schiefelbein says promoting unity in agriculture starts at the home farm. Yeah, we do, and but you know this whole industry needs a whole lot more of getting along, and I think that if we can continue to push that, we have so much in common, 
yet it seems like we try to figure out those few things that we aren't all in agreement on to disagree on. But this industry is going to be so healthy if we all continue to pool our resources, continue to kind of get together and agree, let's go in this direction. And Chief Obine remains very positive about the beef industry. Well, the one thing COVID tested is whether or not consumers were going to be willing to pay for beef. And boy, that came up with all spades in terms of everybody said, we're willing to pay. And now that the market's kind of got where we have the leverage, boy, the good times are beginning to roll in the beef industry. And I look forward to many, many more years of these good times continuing to build and even get better. Trade delegation led by Minnesota Governor Tim Walz begins an eight-day trip to Australia today. This is the state's first trade mission to Australia. Agriculture Commissioner Tom Peterson said the mission is a multi-track trade mission. I think we have probably 40 or 50 people on it in total. And we have uh, different tracks. There's like a medical track and a business track, and then we have an agricultural track. And so we have about eight different people on our track. Uh, we have soybean growers, uh, edible bean growers, uh, the university um, and uh, farmers union, so different folks, and we have a lot of meetings set up. Uh, with You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Corn acreage in Brazil expected to be down from last year. Dry weather in the center north and north of the country has delayed soybean planting, thus narrowing the planting window for second crop corn. Soybean and Corn Advisor President Michael Cordonier says corn economics in Brazil also has farmers looking for alternatives. It's uh, the prices are break even at best, so you got low prices, um, late planted for the corn, and just a lot of guys saying I'm going to either cut back my acreage or I'm going to put in less inputs for the corn crop because they just can't make any money at it. And they lost a lot of the guys lost some money on the last Safina corn crop. And uh, they don't want to repeat that. And Cordonier says it's going to be a tough decision for Brazil's farmers. You can make more money on cotton, for sure. But the cotton is going to be planted late as well because the soybean planting is late. So it's going to uh, impact, I think, some of that softening your cotton. So it's going to be kind of a tough call. And a lot of guys are just going to plant cover crops. The a major seed company that sells seed for cover crops said their seed... The prices of their seed has doubled in the last couple of months just because of increased demand. So there's going to be less stuff in your corn. They might do more grain sorghum. Uh, some people plant sesame seed. Uh, some people plant, you know, edible beans uh, and then maybe a cover crop. So they're looking for alternatives. An investment into the specialty crops sector was announced yesterday. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has that story. Agriculture Deputy So Chill Tori Small announced a new program through the USDA to boost specialty crop competition. The Specialty Crops Competitiveness Initiative is being launched to support both small and large specialty crop businesses. The USDA is committed to remaining an active partner with the specialty crops industry in their efforts to increase the consumption of U.S. specialty crops products. In standing up this initiative, USDA has conducted a department-wide audit of all of its current services and programs that support the specialty crops industry. And we've used that information, as well as feedback from industry stakeholders, to be better equipped to address gaps in service and to achieve goals of the initiative and better meet the needs of industry. Small also announced an investment in research and development. 
our efforts to support competition and growing market opportunities for small and mid-sized producers at USDA would not be possible without research and development. So I'm pleased to announce that USDA is investing $70.2 million in the Specialty Crop Research Initiative, which will support 21 research and extension projects. The awarded projects address key challenges of national, regional, and multi-state importance to the food and agriculture industry, including conventional and organic food production systems. The Specialty Crop Research Initiative prioritizes projects that improve crop characteristics, manage threats from pests and diseases. Reporting agriculture's business. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. New rules impacting H-2A worker programs may eliminate the option to utilize the program for farmers that rely on the labor. Thief River Falls, Minnesota farmer David Gary says the new rule would double his labor costs for the two workers he's been hiring each year. With the labor shortage, my 82-year-old father still farms with us. This will be his 67th year in 2024 of putting a crop in. He can't retire because he's our main uh, main guy. <laughs> we can't find anybody to take his place. Without H-2A, we, we, we're going to suffer. Um, we will not be able to find employees without this H-2A program. And the local labor force, extremely scarce. Most of the guys that are out there to hire come with a lot of restrictions, you know, driver's license issues and things of that nature that none of us need. We're in a very vast area. There's not enough population to serve all the jobs. As, as we all know, every little main street in town, you drive by any door and there's a help wanted or, you know, uh, searching out some kind of labor, whether it's a, a receptionist or a uh, dishwasher or a server at some restaurant. I mean, the workforce is exhausted up here in the upper Midwest. Find more information from the Red River Farm Network, visit Facebook, Twitter. You can also find stories, podcasts, and more at rrfn.com. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. University of Georgia Center for Invasive Species and Ecosystem Health is reporting feral pigs have been spotted in North Dakota. Wild hogs are one of the most destructive invasive animal species in the U.S. The range has expanded to include populations in California, Hawaii, Michigan. Feral pigs cause approximately $2.5 billion in agricultural damages each year. The Minnesota Department of Natural Resources will be hosting an online public meeting next week to discuss plans for dealing with feral pigs. Uh, Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Minnesota DNR Wildlife Populations and Regulations Manager Leslie McEninley says the meeting that will take place Tuesday, November 14th from 6.30 to 8 p.m. is a way of gathering feedback for a report due in February. The legislature asked Minnesota DNR, um, in collaboration with the Board of Animal Health and commissioners of the Departments of Agriculture and Department of Health, to look at our um, collective responsibilities related to dealing with incidents of feral pigs on the landscape or um, how we manage captive mink, such as when a, uh, some pigs might escape from a farm and they're out on the landscape if they were to remain on the landscape, that's when, you know, there's some authorities for, say, the Department of Natural Resources or the Department of Ag to make sure that they don't remain out there on the landscape and pose a risk to both the natural resources but also the agricultural community. They're looking for feedback from the public during the meeting. If you're not able to attend, there are other ways to provide input. 
identify if there are any gaps in our management and, you know, any, any other policy recommendations that might be at place. What we're doing right now at this public meeting next week is opening that up and, and trying to get some public feedback. What are the concerns? What are the, how do the public see these agencies interacting with the management of, of feral pigs or fur farms? So it's, Really at the front end, we don't have something like a report for folks to comment on, but we are looking forward to hearing the discussion at the meeting on Tuesday night. And we're also collecting feedback um, from an online questionnaire uh, on the DNR website as well. So there's an opportunity to weigh in on this through the end of the month. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Checking markets before we leave you this morning. We're seeing uh, Minneapolis December wheat down four cents, seven thirty and a half. Chicago December wheat's down a half. Kansas City is down two cents on the December contract. December corn down a penny, four sixty-seven. March corn's down three quarters of a penny at four eighty-two. January soybeans are down three quarters of a penny, thirteen forty-two and three quarters. March down a penny and a quarter at thirteen fifty-six and a quarter. Canola's trading higher dollar 90 a metric ton higher at uh, 689 even canadian on the farm calendar the north dakota angus association's annual meeting and banquet uh, today tonight actually um, it starts with the junior angus association uh, this evening at seven o'clock and then tomorrow uh, the board of directors meetings and then the annual meetings uh, tomorrow as well the 49th annual harvest bowl kicks off uh, today with the Harvest Bowl Awards Banquet this evening and then the Harvest Bowl football game tomorrow at NDSU in Fargo. Have a great uh, Friday and a great weekend. This is the Red River Farm Network.